0: Our Gospel reading from today comes from Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 through 49, and this is an account of Jesus' presence. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And that is the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. Bow your heads, please. Oh God, speak to me that I may hear and speak through me that we all may hear afresh and anew this resurrection word today. And having heard it, make us believers and doers of it and not hearers only. For it's in Jesus' name I ask, Amen. Well, the story of five year old Kaylee, who was at home with a sore throat one Palm Sunday, is just adorable. Her brother came home with her father. She had stayed with her mom at home. Her brother came home with a palm frond that they had been given in worship as they started the service. And she said, What is that? And he said, This is a palm frond. And this is what we waved as Jesus came uh, in, and as we had a parade for him, and little Kaylee said, wouldn't you know it, the one Sunday that I miss church, Jesus shows up. (laughs) Well, our gospel story today is another account of Jesus showing up among his disciples, though they did not expect him to. You remember last week I read for you how the women were the first at the tomb, and it was empty, and the clothes or cloths Jesus had been wrapped in were lying there inside. Peter was the only disciple that thought possibly it could be, and he ran to the tomb to see for himself. And in the passage right before this, still on Easter Day, two disciples are making their way from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and a stranger appears along the way. He walks with them. He talks with them about Jesus. And when he stops to stay and eat with them around the table, their eyes are opened and they see it's their risen Lord. Well, after they're telling the other disciples about this is where we come in today in this wrap-up of Luke's gospel where, where suddenly the other disciples see Jesus resurrected from the dead. It, um it's amazing to them, of course, that he shows up. And let's talk about this Christ encounter today. Because we too, those of us who believe that he is risen, encounter the risen Christ ourselves. And the first thing to remember about that is to be sure to sense the holy mystery of this event and of this resurrection, the holy mystery of it all. It, it's amazing to me that the disciples, though they did not understand and were bewildered that Jesus was there and were even afraid of him because they thought he might be a ghost, still Luke reminds us and pins for us that though they did not believe, they still experienced joy and amazement. They experienced the holy mystery of God doing the impossible in a world where we limit ourselves to the possible. This risen Christ was there among them, and they were overjoyed, and they were amazed at it. And let us not lose our amazement of the amazing thing God has done for us through Easter. Well, it's easy for us, isn't it, in a doubting world, in a scientific world, to not understand how someone that's been crucified, dead, buried for three days, can rise up once again. I like that Luke tells us the disciples had their doubts because I, too, have doubted from time to time how it was all possible, like came to pass, and yet, yet by faith, seeking understanding. I still can experience the mystery of God and the power of Easter, despite me not having all the answers. There are a lot of things, and I think we have to acknowledge and confess today that we're not fully going to experience in the here and now. When we get to heaven, we'll have all the answers that we want, but there is a point of faith where we have to stop leaning on our own understanding and accepting the gift That God offers to us. It's incumbent upon us not to lose the mystery of of God in it all. This last weekend, Easter weekend, there was an interview published in the New York Times. I don't subscribe to it, but it was a noteworthy interview because the reporter, Nicholas Christoph, interviewed the president of Union Theological Seminary there on the campus of Columbia University in New York City. It was noteworthy because, as president of this Christian seminary, though it's independent from any church, that she refutes key tenets of our Christian faith. The power of prayer and miracles, she said in her interview, that she didn't believe in a God who, because of prayer, would cure one person and not cure another saying that it was very manipulative of God to think that a prayer would be heard by us and answered. She was asked about the afterlife, about heaven, and, and this is what she said when asked if, what happens when people die. She said, I don't know. There may be something there. There may not be something there. But my faith cannot be tied up in some divine promise of life in the hereafter. On the resurrection of Jesus she said when you look at the gospels there's no resurrection story in Mark's gospel just an empty tomb there and those who claim to know that that they uh, that it happened or not are just kidding themselves because for me easter is a fanciful story about something that seems impossible well president of christian seminary maybe not christian seminary anymore refutes altogether the gifts of divine grace and forgiveness of the cross, of life that's everlasting that comes to us because of Easter, denies altogether the gift of the miraculous by by simply tossing out the, the key tenets of our faith. I like that Luke reminds us that there is room for doubt in our understanding of this Easter story And yet, by and far, we must walk the walk of faith and accept that God is the God of possibilities where it seems there are none. That's what it means to live in the holy mystery of God's power and presence. Another thing about this this story is the the living presence of Christ that, that Luke points our attention to. Suddenly, the disciples... Unbeknownst to them, have someone else there among them. And it is the risen Lord. The living presence of the one they thought was gone, their Lord, is there, alive. Luke gives to us great detail, did you notice? About the physical body of Jesus after he's resurrected. He shows them his hands and feet. He says, look, see? He wanted them to see where his hands had been pierced and his feet had been pierced at the cross. He asked them, invites them to touch his flesh and bone. He, he wants them to feel that he is there with them. Luke points out that Jesus appears to be hungry, and he even asked them if they have food for him to eat. And then he eats the broiled fish there in their presence. Luke even gives us the menu for the meal that Jesus eats. And a lot of people have asked, why does Luke go to such great lengths to to explain to us this body of the risen Christ, this physical body that was dead and yet is now alive? And, of course, there's scholars that think different things. Most agree that because Luke is is a physician, as Paul referred to him in one of his letters later in the New Testament, that he would pay attention to the physical, to the details of that, and give explanation. Some would say that he points out all of this detail about Jesus' physical body because a lot of his writing of Luke and then Acts, that two-book series of the New Testament, is based upon the preaching of Peter, who was a, a first account experiencer of the risen Christ. But most of all, most of all, scholars would say that Luke is so detailed about this physical body of Jesus because he wants the reader, us believers, to understand that Jesus is not just a man, but is God. Jesus not just a historical figure that lived 2,000 years ago and is dead like the rest of us. Jesus, the great teacher that he was, was so much more than just an instructor of the Jewish faith. Jesus, more than just the perfect example, the best life that a human has ever lived. Because if we limit Jesus just to our knowledge of who he was, and live according to that for ourselves. We miss altogether his living presence that is alive and powerfully real for those who believe. Though you may not grasp it fully, and though you may have doubts, we are reminded by Luke that his living presence is with us in the here and now, and he desires to walk with us and talk with us along life's way. So beyond the holy mystery of the resurrection and and the living presence of Christ that is with us, uh, Luke wants us to receive the powerful peace that God offers to us, the peace that passes all understanding beyond the things of this world. Because when we understand things and we have peace about them, well, that's all good and fine, right? But what if we don't understand and things come unglued? And tragedy strikes and things happen. Where do we find our peace then? Not in our minds, do we? No, we have to search deeper and look elsewhere. We have to look in our hearts, where the risen Christ can reign and live and breathe through his Holy Spirit and give to us a peace that passes all understanding. And wasn't that the situation for those disciples? Still numbed and still, well, just dumbfounded by Jesus' death upon the cross three days before, laid in that tomb as any other person would be to, to just dissolve. And yet, yet, they were at a place of being stuck, of not knowing what the next chapter in life was, the next thing for them. Have you been in a place like that before, stuck, where you can't see what is coming or what the next step is. Like all the disciples, we have been there, and we don't understand what is our purpose in life, and yet we're reminded that even in that, God's peace can be with us, and that His presence helps us to find our way through the future. That may seem unclear. Sue Monk Kidd is a writer, Christian writer, a a women's book writer, especially who lives currently in Chapel Hill. For a time, she was the contributing editor for Guidepost magazine, if you've ever read that before. It is a Christian-based kind of reader's digest with fascinating and inspiring stories of everyday life. She shared in an article that she wrote of how the peace of Christ came upon her in a very tenuous time in her life. Her husband was seriously ill. He was undergoing surgery. And thank God for friends that are there for us in our times of need. A friend was sitting there with her in the the waiting room, holding her hand, trying to encourage her and let her know that, that everything was going to be okay, though she doubted it. She confessed to her friend, I am so afraid of what's going to happen to my husband. Her friend smiled and told her something that she had never heard before and that she has never forgotten since. And it was this. Did you know, her friend said, that in the Bible, the words, Fear not or do not be afraid, appear 365 different times? Isn't that amazing? 365 different times. And Sue Monk Kidd writes that she was taken aback. She said, wait a minute, is is that possible? You mean that for every day of the year, there is a fear not or do not be afraid or have peace in the Bible? It dawned on her in that moment, she said, though it could be coincidence very easily that there was in it for her that day a peace of Christ offered to her that passed all understanding. Jesus appeared among the disciples and said, peace be with you, though they were afraid and, and scared to death, literally, of who they thought was a ghost. Jesus showed them that he was with them, though they were unaware. And that invitation is for all of us this Easter season. When Jesus says, peace be with you, he's talking to His disciples today, here and now. When he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. For I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. He's speaking to you. When Jesus said, come to me all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And I will give you rest and take your yoke upon me and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. He was speaking to you and inviting you into his peace. But plain and simple, it comes down to whether we have the faith to believe. Despite not understanding, despite not fully being able to grasp, can we still accept the holy mystery by faith that Christ, though crucified and dead and buried, is raised from the dead? Because it is in that that we find hope that is beyond the here and now and beyond this world. And so this morning as we close our our service, as we sing our closing hymn, I invite you to come to the altar railing of the church if you would like and to ask God for Christ to give you that peace.